0: Welcome to Back from the Abyss. I'm Dr. Craig Heacock. And I'm sitting here today with my man, my co-conspirator, my sound guy, my amigo, Chris Johnson. Hello. Good to have you here. So we are going to do the end of season two fishbowl. And we are not in Chris's garage. Last year we were right. very, like 30 feet apart. 30 feet apart. Sitting in your open garage with the birds singing. Yep. Yeah. And now we are in the conference room at my office with the windows closed. And uh, it's cozy. It's raining. Yeah. So we've come a long way in two years. We're going to hit 100,000 downloads next week.
1: It's crazy. Is it going to be that soon? Next week, yeah.
0: And 46 episodes, and we've learned a lot. And uh, I've actually been looking forward to this episode a lot for us to deconstruct season two.
1: Yeah, we haven't really sat down like this for a while.
0: no. Yeah, in fact, I wanted to start with uh, this last year, which has been a hard year, and and I was wanted us to talk a little bit about some of the highs and lows uh, with the podcast, with uh, our collaboration, with our personal lives, with work, and and I would say podcast wise, this last year was hard because um, I, I only saw you from a distance. You know, I I would come over to your house and stand out in your yard in the snow, or yeah. And it it didn't feel as much like a, a partnership. It was like we were doing this thing together, but it was more like a Bernie top and Elton John thing. Like I'm bringing over the, the music, yeah. the, actually the lyrics, you would be the music guy.
1: And it changed throughout the, you know, there was the, just with the same way with the waves of the pandemic, we had waves of how we saw each other in the beginning. It was very cautious and, last summer we sat out i remember one day specifically that we sat out underneath the tree in the front yard mm-hmm. with rachel who's mm-hmm. my wife and chatted and that was nice so i think that the you know it the weather played a lot into it like i didn't have nearly as much problem in the summertime with all of this that i did in the cold dark winter. Mm -hmm. But overall, I will say that, um, I was, I have been very lucky during this whole deal. I mean, my, I've been healthy. My family's been healthy. My job, I was able to, you know, pivot and work from home without a lot of problems. So for me personally, aside from some weirdness, um, and some things we'll probably touch on later, I've been, pretty lucky mm-hmm. it's been an inconvenience i think and it's been a bummer like you said to not be able to sit down in the same room with your friends whereas i think you probably i mean you probably dealt with some people that were yeah even worse off maybe or yeah
0: yeah i, I know there's huge <clears throat> excuse me there's huge uh, observer bias because i'm a psychiatrist and i deal with mental health but you know i only know of Personally, two people who died of COVID and obviously hundreds of thousands and millions Mm -hmm. worldwide are going to die. So I've only known of a couple deaths and I've known a bunch of people in the ICU. But wow, of the people I see, hundreds have been terribly affected by COVID. And what I'm mostly seeing is just incredible loneliness. Um, A lot of my addicts have relapsed, but the the main thing I'm seeing is just desperate loneliness and disconnection, which is interesting because thinking back to the podcast, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this with you is to, to, you know, for us to create something cool together and to connect with the storytellers and connect with listeners. And this last year has been really disconnected because, you know, one of my favorite parts of this has been sitting down with you and planning and plotting, and Mm. that's all happened remotely. Mm -hmm. Um, I never, ever wanted to do remote stories. I didn't want to do any distance and we had to do a few this year and I think they turned out okay, but, it wasn't nearly as fun. It felt more like work. Yeah. And, uh, and that's one of the things that I realized, I mean, I know, I know I'm an extrovert. That's not a surprise, (laughs) but, (laughs) but this last year I felt so disconnected from people and, um, you know, doing a lot of remote sessions and not seeing you much. And, you know, even with this podcast, which is supposed to be fun and meaningful. I mean, doing these, these distance sessions, which again, I think they turned out okay, but it it just felt so disconnected, and uh, it felt so pandemic-y.
1: Yeah, you know i I completely relate to that, especially for you and your job and the and and what you're doing. But just a flip side of that, just outside of the podcast and the profession, I'd say there's a couple things that I just wanted to you know bring up and and recognize. And that one of those is that from a professional side, Rachel um my wife is a is a therapist and she had to pivot like you and a lot of people in the field and go virtual but she was able to do it and use technology in a way that that support didn't stop which it could have um i mean if you think about how this could have gone before the technology was available mm-hmm. So she was able to continue supporting people and also she was able to bring on people in places that she had never done before. So rather than having clients have to drive from Cheyenne or from Denver or wherever, you know, and for some people that was hard, I think, because of everyone's at home and it was hard to get a private spot, maybe a place to to be. But it seems like for some people it's opened a door, an opportunity to do things um, that maybe they wouldn't. So while it wasn't, it's, it's not as great as in person, it's also better than nothing. And and from a personal side, I've been having Zoom calls with my mom and my sister who live in two separate towns, and we've talked more than we have in probably ever. Um mm. And that would not have happened without this experience. So that's just a, I'm just throwing that counter out there just to say that, you know, with every bad thing and sad thing that's happened, I think that there's been some
0: um, good things that may have come out of all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it is an amazing piece of technology that we can connect with patients and clients by video. Uh, But I have this theory, and so therapists who are listening, let me know what you think. My theory is, if you tend towards extroversion as a therapist, video sessions are kind of soul-sucking. If you're more of an introverted kind of therapist, it's actually a really nice cushion.
1: Yeah. I think that's the same with people in general, is that Mm -hmm. I've noticed that the extroverts in my life have been more had more of a challenge with this than the the introverts or the people that sort of go both ways you know that one thing that i think i've learned about myself i used to consider myself this big extrovert now i'm i'm not so sure i think i may be um i think i may be fluid when it comes to (laughs) my uh my need for um you know in-person connections
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah. In some ways, it seems like you weathered this better than I did.
1: I, you know, I was thinking about that, but I think it goes back to what we're saying. And also about expectations of, of where you were when this whole thing started. We became empty nesters this year. Mm-hmm. And so we had all these grand plans of, oh, we'll, we're going to, you know, we'll be free to see our friends and go out to dinner and go to movies. And we had it all planned out and all of that got scrapped. But having said that, we didn't have to deal with the challenges with school and, and kids being home. I mean, my daughter was home for half of a year, and then she went, to, she went to college. And so I think a lot of it also has to do with so your profession, your personality, and where you are in life and where you were.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You I think know. that was
0: one of the great gifts for, for me and my wife the last year is that... We did have an empty nest, and um, two of our little birds came home. My identical twins, who were just about 19, came back and spent the year And to their chagrin, although I think they eventually had a good year, but it was so fun to have them back.
1: Right. I, I was going to say that one of the, the highlights for me is that as painful as it was to have a senior in high school miss the second half of her senior year, I think she and I got, you know, because I was home working, and she was home going to school, and... um we got to connect in a way that I'm positive we would not have been able to do if things were normal. Now, I probably benefited from that more than she did because she missed out on going out and hanging out with her friends and doing all the things seniors do the second semester Mm -hmm. of that year. But um, I really, that was the other part of this that I wanted to just you know that I was reflecting on is what what was what were the good things, and that was definitely one of the one of the good things
0: mm-hmm. yeah and then uh i had you and I had only put this together, i think in our heads maybe two or three months ago when we were talking about doing season three, but I think both of us for different reasons were wondering whether we would do it i mean i was i've just been i felt very drained uh this year, and it's taken. You know, at times, everything I have just to kind of get through my work. And and then the podcast, which has been this lovely, redeeming, energizing thing, has felt a lot more like work because again, you and I aren't hanging out. A lot of the stories were remote, just so isolated. And the, it's trying to be about connection. And I'm just thinking, gosh, I don't know if I want to do another season. It's
1: sad to hear you say that. I, I will say that... Um... I think that the other thing that probably was working against you and everyone, you know, is like every time you did finally get a connection with someone, the, the only thing you talked about was COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, at least for me and and I'm not in the profession, right? So I mean, socially you get together with friends or family and just try as hard as you can. And part of that was just that things slowed down so much that there weren't a lot of, it so what have you been up to? Well, you know, been sitting at home mm-hmm. waiting to see what's going to happen with COVID, mm-hmm. um, and that—that that I think was an underlying stressor for everyone mm-hmm. during this entire time.
0: Yeah, but when I think of three things that really transformed things for me personally, and then the decision to go do a season three was, you know, at home having my girls home, and then I just had some amazing runs with friends last year. Just some of the best running and spent many, many hours with my running buddies. And that was such a great connection. And we did not talk about the pandemic. And then um, and then the the listener video calls that I did oh, a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah. I mean, really, for me, I was on the fence like, gosh, do we... Because, again, you and I have joked like this. It's kind of like we're a little two-person band and we play. And we know there's a couple th- thousand people out there listening, but there's a big curtain. And sometimes they put notes under the curtain, but we don't... You know which would be emails but it was like inviting 25 people backstage to talk and meet them and it was so inspiring and you know i thought after just those 20 i thought okay if only 25 people listen if these people listen right i'm in yeah i'm like, good okay, i'll do it
1: it's amazing what that feedback gets you mm-hmm. not just with the podcast i think in general it's like i think that that's professionally to get feedback on how you're doing at your job goes a long way in making your job better Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) at least for me yeah um well i'm glad so you're in we're in in, right we're We're in in for season three Yeah. yeah
0: we're not only in but i have some really cool stuff already planned which i'll talk about in a few minutes Yeah, how do you think our friendship has evolved the last couple of years? It was just two two years ago when we were about to release the first episode, Strawberries. And uh Yeah, we've it seems like we've come a long ways.
1: I you know, I I think that um I don't know if it's evolved as much as I just feel like I know you better. You know, oh, I know oh, oh no. <laughs> well, no, that's a good that's a good thing, right? It's like I know um I know I could predict I could predict how you're going to, um, what you're going to do or how you're going to react way better than I could two years ago, for sure. Mm -hmm. What do you think?
0: One of the things that I love most about our friendship is we're creating something together. Because most men especially, I think, do things together. They run together, play tennis together, play cards together, play music together. But um, we're actually doing this project together. Yeah. Which has been really fun and it's um, it's uh, it's made both of us sort of subjugate some of our um, less positive qualities and emphasize our better qualities and just work together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's one of those, you mentioned being in a two person band. It's the, it's when the sum of the parts is greater, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Where We'll start and I'll listen to your recording and I'll think, oh gosh, that is way better than I thought it was going to be. Or just I didn't have an idea. You know, like you hear an idea or you know that you're going to be talking about something or to somebody, but then as I listen to it, I think, wow, that is just, you know, I just didn't see that coming together the way it did. And then when we talk about how we're going to, get the flow going and where we're going to break things and how you edit down and the music that goes in. The final product for me is always, and I guess I'm a pessimist. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why that is, but it's always better in the end. And I'm still pleasantly surprised each time. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing. I think.
0: Yeah. This really cool experience that I get to have that uh, none of the listeners get to have is, once I've done my final content edit, I send it to you, and then you add all the music and sound engineering, and that always makes it at least sixty to eighty percent better. And I don't know about. No, that. it's true. It it totally transforms. I mean, you know, music, what moves people more than music, and also what moves people more than the human voice. And I think so many podcasts don't put much time and energy into the quality of sound, and you put a ton of thought, time, and energy into that. So. Yeah, I'm always moved when I listen. I think, wow, listen to what Chris did. <laughs> this, is so, I, this is so
1: good. It's weird. I get, you know, I also like. I I know my favorite podcast episodes are the ones that, even though I've heard them many times as I'm going through them, they affect me through the same parts. Like mm-hmm. I'll listen to them multiple times sometimes, and each time I'm like, I can't believe I'm having this reaction again.
0: <laughs> Yeah, did you have a favorite episode or part of an episode from last year?
1: I did. Um, I think the, my favorite one came. A couple of my favorite ones came later in the season. The episode with Leah and "All I Have Is Now" moved me. In a, in a, you know, I just, I, it's just super powerful on so many levels. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I feel for her. I'm. I was at awe about how much care she was giving to how her situation would be affecting the people that she was helping. And I was moved by their reaction and how some of them were so concerned and helpful back to her. I mean, the whole thing was just, it's just, it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, Leah really poured her heart open there. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: My other favorite episode was the one with you and uh Dr. Jeremy Dubin. <laughs> and you know, that's uh for the listeners, I you know, I'm friends with Craig and Jeremy and so it was I told I told you this that it's just it's just for me it's great to be able to listen to two of your buddies who a lot of times you don't talk about work and um you know, you sort of know what your friends do or but you, don't, you really don't, you know, you don't get an opportunity to hear them really shine professionally. And to hear you guys sit down and talk about what you do, it's it's just, you know, it's obvious that you're experts and that you care a lot. And so for me, it was really fun to be able to to basically sit in on that kind of a conversation.
0: Mm. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, much like season one, these are all my our babies yeah like, which one of your kids do you love the most yeah <laughs> um but the the episode with jeremy was so fun because i would say most of the episodes recording them super meaningful and powerful but not fun yeah yeah really powerful but the episode the addiction episode with jeremy was really fun
1: we, yeah because you guys could loosen up and yeah
0: yeah i think uh i've one of my most favorite is actually one of the least listened to episodes, which I'll put a plug in for it now, Yeah, which which wh- is the episode one of season two, which um, a meditation on life and loss. So if you haven't listened to that one, you guys should listen to it. Um, it's just me for about 10 minutes. But what had happened, my, uh, my beloved dog, we just had to put him to sleep and COVID was starting. And I went over to Chris's basement and we recorded it in chris's basement and uh chris got really teary and i got really teary and it was just a plus it was the beginning of this onset of this last year There was just a lot of yeah heaviness in the air and uh yeah that was super powerful
1: we delayed that yeah that was you'd recorded that last season i think mm-hmm. right at the very
0: end mm-hmm. yeah so um so anyway, if you all haven't listened to it, it's just 10 minutes. It has a sad beginning, like a lot of, but it has a hopeful ending. It
1: I will say stick with it. It yeah. does have a very sad beginning, but it it does shine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um one other thing, there's so many special parts of season 2. One thing that was really moving to me was the Hillary McBride episode because she and I had planned before COVID to do that in person in Colorado. And then we were in communication, and it just looked like it was never going to happen. So we did it remotely, which, again, I would love to do face-to-face with her at some point. But one thing that was so moving to me about that episode is that it was the first time publicly she's really ever told her treatment story. Oh, And she's you know all over the speaking and writing and podcast universe, and she has in lots of amazing talks and interviews. But that was the first time she ever told that story. And she said it was because she listened back from the abyss and thought, wow, this is a safe place to talk about stuff I've never talked about. That's nice. Yeah, I know. That was really moving to me. Pretty special. Yeah. So what are you hoping to see in season three any
1: changes or um oh i don't know i uh you know that's that's your department i i think that i'm hoping to see us working ahead a little bit craig
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> i know when i'm a guest on other podcasts this, this happens because right, i've been on a number of podcasts and i always ask when is this going to run and i'm always amazed like oh you know in three months or six months yeah. or sometime in the next eight months, yeah. and I think, wow, when you get recorded on our podcast, yeah. you're next. Yeah, you're coming soon. That seems
1: like that's going to be a, that's a goal, right? Uh, yeah, that is a goal. Um, I, I, yeah, we've talked a little bit about some of the things you have lined up. They all sound fascinating to me. You know what I said at the in the fishbowl last year, which is still the same. Probably this year, I would like to see at least one episode or hear one, and I know that there are a lot of podcasts that do this, so this may or may not be in our wheelhouse per se, but a, an episode that focuses on maybe anxiety for and how that happens for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. And we talked about doing this before the pandemic in a way where we talk to a bunch of people and have a, a an episode where, mm-hmm. It's not one guest, it's just a whole bunch of um, feedback at different levels that maybe you could speak towards. Because, you know, with the podcast um, early on, I mean, with the pandemic early on, I was pretty anxious for a while. And it didn't help. One of the things that people don't know about if you're not on the front range, and it didn't make your news, is that last summer... What was worse than the pandemic was the fires that we had, mm-hmm. at least for me. Yeah. Because on top of not being able to be indoors with your friends and and relying on outdoors for your socializing, we got hammered with a long fire very close to Fort Collins that literally made it impossible to be outside some days. I mean, it was crazy. And that added... That spiked my anxiety yeah. there too. So,
0: yeah, that the fires last year were horrific and apocalyptic, and
1: it was crazy. I mean, yeah. it was like I said, I, when I was looking at like what what was tough about last year is that the fires for me were were more traumatizing, probably than the than the pandemic during the summer for sure. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. well, let me—I was going to mention too. Uh, some updates on season two episodes. So I got a number of emails about the the mother's st- a mother's story, mm-hmm. and they all said, powerful story, how's Sam? How's yeah. he doing?
1: Rachel was very <laughs> I upset that there wasn't an update yeah. on that.
0: And I just want to tell everybody, Sam is doing pretty well right now. He he actually is. I'm, uh, I'm happy to report. So he's doing much better than he was. Good. And then another update, one of the video calls a listener – Uh, asked me it was great we we signed on and she said do you want honest feedback she said it might take the whole half hour oh i said yeah yeah i do so she talked about the letters episode letters from Mm -hmm. the past and the letter of the woman i treated in residency who was severely traumatized and i didn't realize that she was in a numb dissociated state i thought Mm -hmm. she was just being cantankerous and oppositional so I sent emails and turned my chair away from her, ignored her, and she smashed a window outside my office. And yes, I remember. Anyway, I remember that very yeah, well. And then she wrote a letter, basically an apology letter, an update letter years later to describe how far she'd come and what was really happening in our sessions. But anyway, this woman on the video call, she said, "You know, that felt very intrusive, revealing, vulnerable for her." Was well, she? She said it was for you as well. She said, but did you try to find her? Did you get permission that that letter was so intense? Did you write her back? She said, you didn't talk about any of that context. And the reality was I did try to find her. She's a pretty common name and I, I couldn't find her. And so I debated long and hard about whether I should read that letter. I did change some of the details. But I also think, I hope that even if she were to hear that, that she would feel good about it because I tried to put it in the context of how I feel today is that I feel actually sorry that she got me as a third year resident who didn't really understand numbing dissociation, didn't know how to deal with that level of trauma that I acted out and through counter transference sadism. And, and I actually probably hurt her with my mm-hmm. lack of engagement and even dismissal. So it was a public apology to her, uh, but yeah, I would like listeners to, to know. I did try to reach out to her and I couldn't find her. But I, I hope if she ever hears that episode that she'll feel better and feel heard you know, because I never did respond to the, that letter. I, I wish I had responded back then because the, that address, I assume, that I had years ago was accurate. Um, I think those are the two main updates. <laughs> what's coming in season three here's some things lined up we have episodes uh some more really fascinating episodes on healing with psilocybin and ayahuasca we have a transgender story of transitioning with hormones and surgery a really eloquent uh, powerful story i'm looking forward to that we're gonna meet with an expert on psychedelic integration and how that should go and should not go
1: What is that what do you mean by that
0: yes yeah, so uh Laura Northrup of Inside Eyes Podcast. She and I are going to put together an episode where she talks about what should happen before and after uh, psychedelic healing sessions and what should not happen. And we're hoping to do that in person. I'm going to try to go out to the Bay Area later this year. So that
1: integration her. is integration into a treatment plan? or Yeah,
0: some... it's taking the lessons, insights, the the material that comes up in the, in the entheogenic or psychedelic journey and actually integrating it into yourself and your relationships and your life. Okay. So it's really, you know, it's where the work is. Um, you know, if, uh, if psychedelic works like deep sea fishing, pulling up the fish, this would be um, bringing them in and cleaning them, and right? Packaging, packaging them. And it's like all that, you know, it's all the extra work, but it's the important work. And a lot of people, either skip that step or don't do it properly. So
1: Great. Well, it seems like with the way some of the changes are happening as far as the availability of some of these drugs um, uh, and the way they're being explored, it seems like that's putting some context and having a little bit of more details on how that gets integrated is going to be important. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, We have a really cool episode coming up on spiritual gaslighting. Ooh. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, losing a family member to suicide, growing up with narcissistic parents. I've been trying to arrange an episode like we did with OCD in the season one where we have a couple who were really in the dark abyss in their marriage, uh, and they can talk through that separately. And then the marriage therapist and I can talk about how they healed. So I'm, I'm in the process of trying to arrange that. I had it seemingly happening, and then COVID started, but
1: yeah i that was one of my favorite um pairs of episodes from last season was the i, I just like the being able to hear from the patient um and then hear from the professionals for a different perspective. I think it was pretty unique that way,
0: yeah yeah anything else, Chris, you want to add in our end of season fishbowl extravaganza? Oh, I was in an extravaganza it, it kind of is I mean. <laughs> I'm drinking throat coat tea. Right, <laughs> it feels like a big Woo! wild party. <laughs> um, let's
1: see. If you had your if if you had unlimited time and resources, are there things about the podcast that you would change? Hmm. Um, you listen to a ton of podcasts, way more than I do. You give this podcast a a bunch of energy and thought are there things that you've thought that you had to put aside because it's we it's we're not at that place
0: Mm -hmm. um that's a great question i think particularly in light of the last year which felt very isolating uh i definitely want to do all of the stories in person and i'm and, and I mentioned this with Laura Northrup. I already have uh, plans to go to California to do two or three stories. So I either want to travel to people or have them travel to me. That if you're going to do this, that we're going to do it face to face. And uh, I think it's just such a difference. You know, One of my favorite podcasts is Armchair Expert, Dak yeah. Shepard. And the last year has been remote. It's not nearly been as good it's just right because it's remote i mean you just lose it's one thing if you're just interviewing experts but if you're having a heartfelt emotional connecting emotionally connecting podcast story engagement it's just not the same so i think yeah with more time resources money i would travel more to people and or help them travel to me
1: do you think people have realized that um you know as, as Do you think that that is something that's going to be a byproduct for for people in general, even if you're not talking, you know, mental health issues, is that lost in-person connection? Do you think people – I mean, it's the same way, right, when you try to – early on in the pandemic, you know, people would have their Zoom cocktail hours and try really hard to have that same connection. And you could have conversation, and I had some fun conversations, but you're right, you just – Do you think that the pandemic is going to pull people into that even more once we get out of it? Or do you think that that unfortunately has caused a wedge for some people where they got out of the practice of being in the same room with people Mm -hmm. and that we're going to, that some people are never going to come back to that level of comfort with people
0: or the need to be together? Yeah. I wonder if that's age stratified because, you know, so many people, 25 and under have many, if not most of their relationships through screens, through their Instagram mm. and and Facebook and playing video games together. And so for a lot of younger people, the, the pandemic wasn't that big a switch, but I wonder, you know, 50 somethings like you and me. Like we, we just, we marinated in that interpersonal social culture. And so, so one, I wonder if it's going to be a little different by age. But then the other thing I think about is uh, like the stomach flu. Like when you have the stomach flu, you think that uh, you will never eat a hamburger again. Right. You will never have a chocolate malt. And within two days, you know, you're eating a bowl of, you know, Froot Loops. Right. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to a cheeseburger. Yeah. There's... It's this amazing capacity to forget. And again, if we didn't have that, we would never have a second child. or There's a lot of things we'd never do. So I think one of the the great benefits, uh, positives that humans have is we have an amazing capacity for to forget, and that's also a horrific characteristic. So
1: So maybe in a couple years, this will all just be sort of a, a distant... For some people. I mean, obviously again, not to minimize the hurt that this has caused people, um, with, you know, on a variety of levels, but in general, mm-hmm. based on what you're saying. Yeah. yeah I've also heard people talk about the roaring twenties and this concept of that there are people are going to been sort of stifled and that artistically there's, we're going to see an uptick maybe in some of that stuff. And I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, people are just raring to get out and connect and do stuff. I mean, even just the fact that we are going to sit down and do this face to face, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Um, I, you know, one thing that I would be shocked if it doesn't change is you know, tens of millions of Americans live alone and, the people that live alone that's always been difficult, but during the pandemic it's just it's been horrific. you know all my people I see in my clinic who live alone, not all but the majority have suffered much more so um yeah, I wonder if if Americans are going to try to reconnect with some family or live closer to people or not necessarily live alone, or maybe we'll just go back to our same disconnected screen-oriented. Uh, I hope culture. not. I know. I hope so. No.
1: I, I, you know, you talk about um, possible ep- future episodes. That's another one that probably isn't in your, you, you know, what you deal with re- regularly. But it seems to come up a lot with um, people that I talk to and people whose kids have some fairly significant mental health problems. is, I hear conflicting stories about how much our social media plays into that. You know, you see some studies that say, well, there's no proof of that. And that doesn't really play in. And then, but my gut feeling is how could it not? Um, So maybe that would be something else to add for some sort of future.
0: I think that is relevant because it's such a human thing to compare ourselves with the people around us. Um, but social media has now elevated that to this crazy level where you can just look on Instagram and see people's amazing, um, sparkly, beautiful lives and vacations and pets. And, and it's, it's very, you probably have this experience too. I'm not on social media, but when I see, Oh yeah, people- you are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's a very conscious decision for me not to be on social media. And so many people have said, oh, Back from the Abyss would do so much better if you could get on social media and, you know, put myself out there. But, oh, man, I'd rather just go running. So, shall we wrap up? Yeah. Yeah. So, we really appreciate all of you listening. Uh, Every email that you send to me through craigheacockmd.com, I read it. I respond to them. And if you have any thoughts or comments on this season, anything you want to pass on to Chris, uh, we are getting episodes ready for next season. Probably start publishing end of June-ish, early July. Summer, <laughs> summer, 2021, summer, twenty yeah, we'll say that. And again, uh, we will try to put out a couple episodes a month, but I think again, we are very committed to doing really good stuff that we feel good about and the storytellers feel good about. So you should subscribe to the podcast. You should push the subscribe button on whatever podcast app you use, because then it will load up on your phone even my family members, my mom will say, well, I never know when you are publishing a podcast. I say, Mom, you can subscribe. I'm not sure how to do that. Right. There's a button on all the different apps that says subscribe. That doesn't mean you pay us any money or anything happens. It means that when we publish, it shows up on your phone. Yeah. Uh, it would be great if you wrote us either iTunes review or review on any app that you have. Um, we love feedback from all of you. and. This has been a super meaningful two years and yeah. More good stuff to come. Yeah, super excited. Adios. See ya.